everyone. Ciao. What's happening? Welcome back to the Calculus Back podcast. Uh, thanks for joining me this evening. This is Ryan, aka Ramorn on Twitter. Um, so just wanted to get an up episode out this weekend. I know it's been two weeks now without an episode. Uh, we're trying to get back in the habit of recording on Mondays, but you know, this hiatus was kind of unexpected with the holiday season and everything, but we'll be able to get some more episodes coming out for you guys in the next couple of weeks and into the new year. Uh, we, me and Jake met up and we put together like a little content calendar. So this is the last one. You guys have to bite the bullet and listen to me talk for a little bit and, uh, kind of monologue this episode. But then Jake will be back on next weekend and we'll try it out or next week and we'll try to get some more, you know, insight and conversational analysis of the league. But yeah, a lot's been going on in Syria. This episode, I think the format we're going to go with is we're going to run down the top seven, see what all the clubs have been up to. See, it's pretty similar to last episode uh, where everyone's at, but how they got there is wildly different. And we're also going to showcase a key player for each of the teams in the top seven. Then I want to, um, you know, do our usual team of the week, player of the week, American of the week, as we always do. And I want to spotlight three mid-table clubs who are kind of beating the odds. They were supposed to be relegation favorites to begin the year, but they've been performing pretty admirably. So I want to take some time to showcase those three teams. Um, And then we're going to go into a preview of next week, which I'm very excited to do. There's some fun games this weekend coming up uh, as we approach the holiday season. As well as I want to talk a little bit about Roma, where we're at now, where we're going, and uh, why this team gives me anxiety. Um, so, you know, I'll, Jake will be on next episode. We'll be able to kind of hash out the conversation. So if I'm a little too harsh on Roma, bear with me. But I'm uh, I'm in a pretty bad place with my fandom with Roma at the moment, and I can't wait to talk to you guys about it. So uh, going into the table, we're going to start off with first. And as it has been all season... Guys, it was in first place already. Inter Milan is on 41 points, top of the table. Uh, three wins since we've last recorded against some pretty tough competition. Um, very, very dominant by um, by Inzani's men. But to start it off, uh, an absolute three, a dominant three nothing performance over Napoli. Uh, we previewed this game in depth before the last episode, and it pretty much went the way that we feared, where Inter would just put in a performance of champions as they always tend to do in these games. And, you know, take it to Napoli early. Napoli didn't really have answers. They didn't seem well prepared in the game. And Inter absolutely took it to them. And then they won 4 four nothing over Udinese. So the defense of Inter has been something to kind of showcase as well as the strike partnership, which I'll get into a second with the most recent game. But absolute dominance over Udinese. Two performance of champions. They advanced in the UEFA Champions League. So this is something that we've talked about in the podcast before, but Inter in the league have been this dominant wrecking ball of a force that is absolutely destroying every single team that they play against. And then in the UCL, they kind of turtle a little bit, win a tie, um, you know, get the points in a tie, as well as um, take some points against the lower sides. But they go in top of their group, and they're one of the favorites to win the competition from here. And this is one of the best teams in Europe, as we could have seen last week in their resounding through. 2-0 victory over Lazio. Uh, what to say about this game? Lutaro started this goal scoring early. You know, he keeps doing his thing. He's the top goal scorer in the league. He's been absolutely awesome this season, Lutaro Martinez. He could be a big target for a lot of clubs in January of this year. He's he's very much in form, and he's just been awesome. I've been loving watching Lutaro's game, and I'm very, very proud of the player he's becoming. So, you know, he's been awesome, and he's really rebounded. 2023 was the year of Lutaro, and now he had a really bad 2022 World Cup. But he's come back strong, and he's been an absolute fixture in this team. 
Next up is Marcus Taram got the second goal. Also, you know, he assisted the first goal to Lataro. And Taram's been the signing of the year in the league. He is probably the biggest game changer we've seen in this league in a long time. Lataro Martinez has had various strike partners throughout his time at um, Inter Milan. You know, you would have thought Romelu Lukaku was the best strike partner he's ever had. He's also had guys like Aiden Dzeko up there with him, uh, Joachim Correa as well, uh, Alexis Sanchez. But none of them have been like Marcus Duram. Marcus Duram is, you know, an absolute goals and assists machine out there. Uh, he's lighting the league on fire just like his father did way back in the day, and he's been absolutely awesome. Uh, Lazio was a pathetic effort from them. Lazari picked up a late red. I'm not going to talk about Lazio too much. I could laugh at them a little bit here. Uh, pathetic effort from them. They did advance the Champions League since we last recorded somehow, some way. But, you know, no one likes Lazio, folks. Um, and, uh, you know, just kind of pathetic effort by them. But, you know, I just want to highlight with Inter them being in first place. Another performance of Champions. This team is so good this year. Um, they're currently pacing towards, you know, 80-plus points, which would be uh, the most resounding winner of the past couple. So I think this Inter team is legit. I think that they're top of the table pretty easily. Um, and they're still being chased by second place Juventus. So to talk about Juventus, Juventus is currently on 37 points and they've been playing the Allegri games we played all year. Um, there has been, oh, uh, just to mention for Inter Milan, the key player has been Marcus Duram this season and his contributions. I just wanted to call that out. But with Juventus, they're on 37 points. Allegri's men have been playing the similar game that they have most of the season. Uh, two weeks ago, they beat Monza 2-1. to one. They don't have to worry about European competition so that they're able to put in a little extra effort into preparing for their Serie A games. Uh, they also beat Napoli 1-0, so that was very good on their end. A goal by Gatti there, um, who we'll showcase in a second. Um, and then this past weekend, they tied with Genoa, so this was a chance to stay one point back of Inter. Uh, they dropped two points to Genoa, or they would have been two points back of Inter. Uh, they dropped two points in the tie with Genoa. You know, it's the team doesn't have enough offense in them, but there's been a lot of discourse about Dusan Vahovic um, and his role in the team, as well as Edrus Milik and Moise Keane. They're not giving enough, these strikers. You know, Federico Chiesa and the center backs are where most of the goals are coming from right now with this team. And Chiesa was able to draw a pen and a goal. But once Juventus get punched in the mouth like they did against Genoa, they went down. And this Juventus team is chasing the title this season. I think this Inter team might just be too good for them to keep up. But we'll see going into the holiday stretch how Juventus is able to handle it as we can enter the second half of the season here. Uh, key player for Juventus is Federico Gatti. You know, this is a player I didn't rate very highly going into the year. He was a depth center back for Juventus, but he's established his spot in the starting 11 week in, week out, earned Allegri's trust. And not only is he keeping ball, the ball out of his own net, he is putting in the back of other nets and he's been the highest scoring center back in the league. So great year by Federico Gatti. You know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of his. And I think, you know, going forward, he's going to be a hallmark of this Juventus team. Once Danilo went out, um, you know, it just kind of got better and better for Gatti as he cemented his spot on the team. Now it's a tough call for Allegri whenever Danilo gets back. But for now, Gatti's just, uh, you know, has a spot on the team and he's earned it. Uh, third place, AC Milan, who've had a little bit of a renaissance, interesting couple of weeks in the past few weeks. Um, a lot of people are calling for Pioli's head last episode and they're nowhere near the title race, but they've fit into this pretty comfortable position, um, nine points back of Inter, uh, where they're starting to figure things out and get some offensive push. But they won three to one over Frosinone to start the month and then they lost three to two in Atalanta in a game I'll showcase in, during Atalanta segment. 
but then they were able to beat Newcastle in the Europa League with a late Christian Pulisic goal. Uh, we love Pulisic, don't we, folks? Uh, to send them into the Europa League. So in the Champions League, they beat Newcastle, which will lead to Milan going to the Europa League. I know it's a little confusing, but they were last in their group going into the day. They were able to beat Newcastle who, you know, were kind of struggled throughout the whole Champions League process, but they were supposed to go through. Um, and they were able to beat Newcastle, and uh, Milan will go to the Europa League and be one of the favorites to win that competition. Uh, and then last weekend, 3 nothing over Marza, uh, Monza. Uh, this was an awesome performance by AC Milan. I watched this game. This was very dominant. Um, I want to spotlight as their key player for the season to Johnny Reinders, who was a midfielder they brought in last summer. Me and Jake were both very high on the signing. You know, he had he had both great comps, but also great performances in the past in the Eredivisie, and he's able to, to take the next step in absolute dominant games. He got a goal and assist in this one. He has opened the scoring as well as he set up a couple of goals later in the game. Um, 18-year-old Simic got his first goal of the game. I also thought Kristen Pulisic was fantastic in this one as well as Noah Okafor. Uh, the team's been playing a lot better lately. The depth and attack has been coming up huge. As someone who pulls for AC Milan sneakily compared to some of the other teams at the top of the league, um, I like I like this group. I think they're scoring a lot of goals, and I think they're really fun to watch. And if you're an American trying to get into the sport, this would be a great team for you to follow because this AC Milan team won as the best player for the U.S. men's national team, being a, like an awesome performer week in, week out. But they also have a very good young core coming along who's putting the ball in the back of the net. And also some fun stories like guys like uh, Luka Jovic. And, uh, you know, Luka Jovic is not a good soccer player, but he scores goals, so it's interesting. And uh, Olivier Giroud, who's been, you know, still class later on in his career, even if Milan fans or Milan Eastry are getting fed up with him. Fourth place, one of the most interesting uh, stories of the season would be Tiago Mota's Bologna. Um, they're on 28 points, so the next couple teams are kind of packed in within three points of each other. Four fourth place in that guaranteed Champions League spot. Uh, Bologna's been interesting. Low goal output over the past three games. They tied Lecce 1-1, uh, beat Salernitania 2-1, and then they beat a depleted Roma team 2-0, which I'll go in at length during the Roma corner. Uh, very good structured team. Tiago Mota is one of the hottest coaches in Europe, and he's get a massive job after the season. Um, you know, if Xavi can't survive at Barcelona, they might be going and calling Tiago Mota, who's a former player there. But Mo or PSG if that job opens up. But Mota's, you know, this job was supposed to be a stepping stone. And if he's able to get this Bologna team into the Champions League, um, you know, it would be an absolutely incredible achievement. I don't see it happening. They had a very easy run of games here. Um, and then, you know, the Roma situation, which we'll talk about at length later. Uh, but, you know, it's just they're they're going to have to pay the piper eventually and we'll probably finish in a Europa League spot. But key player would be Joshua Xerxes. He's been very good this year uh, as their number nine, their leading goal scorer. And I think for them to have success in the future, he's going to have to keep his good form and stay healthy. But, you know, we all know the key player here is Tiago Mozart. With the fifth place spot, which is pretty weird because it could be a Champions League spot, it could not be. Uh, we have Napoli on 27 points, so everything was kind of over for Napoli as they fired Rudy Garcia last episode. Uh, you know, none none of us are fans of Rudy Garcia, but and then they had two kind of uh, bad losses in the first two games of the Maserati era, uh, which was a three nothing loss to Inter Milan and a one loss to Juventus. Um, you know, we covered those losses with the other teams, but Napoli kind of looked really bad. And then Osman came back. So Victor Osman came back. 
made his grand return to the starting 11 after his injury and also conflict with the club recently. And the fans love him, and they were able to advance in his first game back over Braga in the UCL. So for the Italian league, so far we have Lazio, we have Inter, and we have Napoli all going on to the Champions League uh, knockout rounds, which is very exciting, um, unless you're a Lazio fan, which they're probably going to get smoked by a good team. But I think Napoli is going to put all their chips in into the Champions League uh, this last weekend, they beat Cagliari 2-1. to one. I thought it was a pretty strong performance. I was able to catch most of this game. Uh, once Alshaman's back, this team plays completely different. I mean, it's it's very much like the team we saw last year win the title. When he's playing and when he's on form, uh, I think this team's going to jump back into the top form very soon. Um, Kiva Shelia also scored a goal. So if that strike partnership is able to survive the January transfer window and stay at the club, I feel very good about Napoli's future, and we'll see where that goes from there. Uh, so first Europa League spot, we got Vincenzo Italiano's man at Fiorentina. I love this guy. Uh, they're able to bounce back. It was starting to look like it was Vincenzo over, but we're we're back. Um, three nothing over Salernitania, and then they had a one and one draw with Roma, which I'll talk about at length later. And then a one nothing win over Hella, where Luca Beltran scored a goal last weekend. Um, they're not hitting the goal scoring form they did earlier this season, but they're starting to play with a lot more structure from what I've noticed for the performances. I've kind of adopted them as a second favorite team at this point in the season. Um, and they're keeping the ball out of the back of their own net, which is very good. Uh, but once they're able to put it, you know, once they're able to combine the two things and we'll see if Vincenzo is able to reinforce the squad or if they're going to have to sell some guys in January. I know Nico Gonzalez is picking up interest again throughout Europe, uh, but you know, it's going to be very interesting to see how they go from here. And the key player for Fiorentina is going to be Luca Beltran, who has been very good recently in that center attacking position. Now to go into Atalanta at 26 points. Um, so this would be the last team in the Europa League spots. They started the month with a 3 nothing loss to Torino, which was a very weird result. I wasn't able to catch the game, but just looked weird on paper. Gasparini's men normally would win a game like that. Uh, but then they had a 3-2 signature win over AC Milan, where they won at the death. Just an absolutely awesome performance by these guys. I, I was really happy watching this game. Lukman got a brace. Uh, CDK got an assist against his former club, uh, De Cabale. And I was really proud of this Atalanta group. I thought they were absolutely awesome in this Milan game, and it was a signature performance for this Gasparini group. And then 4-1 win today. It is Monday the 12th or the 18th, as I record this, over Salernitania. I was kind of paying attention in the background. Uh, Salernitani was able to get the first goal of the game. I thought this might have been a game where Atalanta will crumble, but they came back very strong in the second half and, you know, put up four goals. The team was buzzing. Um, you know, Muriel kicked off scoring. CDK got goal. It, it was awesome. I'm, I'm really happy for this Atalanta group. Um, so far, you know, they have eight wins, two draws, six losses on the season. But in terms of goal differential, they're up there with AC Milan for, you know, their fourth best goal differential in the league. And, you know, this group, again, much like AC Milan, they're up there with the leaders of the league in goal scoring. They're a lot of fun as a squad to watch, and I'm happy with them so far this season. I think they stay in the Europa League spots for the rest of the way, but we'll see. I had them in the Champions League spots. They could still easily jump up with a win or two in the next week, but I like this Atalanta group a lot. So just to recap the table here. Um, first place, Inter on 48 points. Second place, Juventus on 37 points. Third place, AC Milan on 38 point, or 32 points. Uh, fourth place, Bologna on 28 points. Fifth place, Napoli on 27 points. Sixth place, Fiorentina on 27 points, but behind Napoli on goal differential. And Atalanta at 26 points in seventh. And Roma will round that out uh, kind of in striking distance of the top four. 
uh, with 25 points, but we'll cover them in their own segment later uh, as they kind of continue the mental anguish and torture they've done upon me. Uh, the team of the past week was Atalanta, that really strong comeback. I was very proud of this group, as I kind of talked about a little earlier. I thought Atalanta was fantastic in this game. Salernitani is the worst team in the league, but, you know, just to be able to fire back. Pasolik has really shown class in the midfield. Muriel has been very good. The back three or back three has been pretty solid throughout the year for Atalanta, but the two stars have been Scalvini at center back, uh, one of the young players of the year in the league. We'll, we'll talk about him at you know, at length any given moment, me and Jake, because this kid's awesome. Andrew Gary as a left back, left wing back has been very good in the team. And yeah, CDK is showing a renaissance, uh, Chelsea Cavalier. Wonder if Milan recalls him in January. I think that would be an interesting wrinkle to the season, but you know, it seems like his relationship with Pioli is too bad to kind of recover, but Gasparini's found a home for him and I'd like to see them buy it because that'd be very good. Next up into our American of the Week, Kristen Pulisic, assist against Monza in that 3-0 Milan win. Pulisic's been great. He's he's really showing a lot of class at AC Milan, and he's one of the signature performance performers in this team. I was worried he was going to be a passenger this season, uh, but he's been an absolute rock star. I'm very proud of Kristen Pulisic, and uh, he's making me bite my words because I, I always thought he was going to be like a secondary player in Europe, but no, he's one of the leading men in Milan, and I'm a big fan of Pulisic. Uh, my overall player of the week, a guy we're not going to showcase this much, but um, it's going to be Domenico Bernardi, who I think leads this uh, category throughout the year. But, you know, I, I'll sing this guy's praises to the death of me. He's absolutely wonderful. Two goals this past weekend, uh, you know, in these games that it feels like no one's watching, but Sassuolo, secretly, they're in fifth place. They, it was a 2-2 game against Udinese. Um and yeah, it's it's just been so good by Berardi. He didn't get his Juventus move last summer. He might get a big move in January. He would be the most valuable player on the market in the league. He has nine goals this season. Um, he's been awesome. You know, I'll sing this guy's praises to the depth. But I love that in his age 31 season now, he's he's the second top goal scorer in the league, even after missing some games. So really good by Domenico, and I'm one of his biggest fans. Next up, the mid-table clubs I want to spotlight really quick. Um, we have some segments planned for next episode for the end of the year and the new year coming, but this is just three mid-table teams I want to showcase in our spotlight. Uh, thank God there was no criminal activity in Syria the past two weeks, or at least stuff that we know about, so we don't have to worry about it. But first up, I want to spotlight Monza, who have been very good this season. They were targeted for the drop as we kind of started the year. Uh, they're in 10th place on 21 points. I really want to shout out Kobani, who's been a great midfield addition for this club. They've been very good so far this year. Uh, I wanted to talk about their coach as well, Rafael Palladino, who was their former center back about three or four years ago. You might remember him from FIFA, but they were a Serie B club, and he's been able to take up and become a great manager, take the mantle. And sometimes that's all it is with becoming a great manager. He has a commitment to the club. He's he's not a guy looking to jump ship. He's here for the project, and he works really well with their young players. Uh, they did lose 3 nothing to AC Milan last week, but they banked enough points at this point in the season where it looks like they'll be able to escape the drop if it's coming for them. And uh, yeah, nice little squad. Uh, I like this Monza group, and we'll see where they go from here. Next up, I want to shout out Frozenone, who are, on 13, who are in 13th place on 19 points. They were relegation favorites to start the year. It looks like they'll probably avoid the drop if they can keep this pace. Um, I thought a really interesting fact about this team is most of the squad is loaned in. Um, you can look position by position, but most of their starting 11 is loanies from Juventus, one loanie from Real Madrid, Atalanta, a center back from there, a goalkeeper from Sassuolo, 
But uh, my guy, Di Francesco, who used to coach Roma a few years back and has jumped around Serie A in the past couple of years, has done a great job with this squad. As they're sitting pretty comfortable in, in 13th for reference, the drop is currently at, uh, let me just get the bottom three up quick. I believe it's nine points, but let me just double check that. Uh, Empoli is at 12 points. So uh, as a, at the moment, they are kind of... Seven points clear, so quick math. That was good on my end. But, uh, yeah, no, they're seven points clear of the drop, and hopefully they're able to keep up because I like the Schwarzenone group, and I think Di Francesco deserves a project after he's kind of been ushered around the league the past couple of years. Final note, Team Jake and I have talked about a lot this year is Lecce. 12th place on 20 points, very strong defensively. Uh, one player I wanted to showcase is Gallo on the back line. He's been very good this season, um, Antonio Gallo. He might have a chance to make this or to make the uh, in Italy squad one day. He's 23 years old, really impressive left back. He's been dropping some great performances in the league this year, and I just wanted to give him some flowers, quick because you know without him, this team would be struggling. They also have our guy Bacharito back there, so I'm I'm happy with Lecce's performance. Uh, but now we're going into the Christmas weekend slate of games. Uh, to cover two games quick that are going to happen in the midweek uh, in Coppa Italia. Let me just pull those up because I just want to make sure I have them in front of me. There we go. Sorry, this is bad radio, but I appreciate you guys bearing with me. So uh, we have Napoli and Frozenone going tomorrow, uh, be it Tuesday, the 19th. I recommend watching this one. These two teams are going to be very fun. I have Napoli going through 3-1 to one over Frozenone. Uh, Inter is going to play Bologna. I have Inter winning in this one. Pretty pretty straightforward, but Bologna might show Spong 2-1. Uh, so those two games are on the 19th and 20th. And then Coppa Italia resumes January 2nd and January 3rd. We'll get more into Coppa Italia. I think it's a great competition. It's one of my favorite times of the year when it starts coming in the in mid-January when you get to the final four and then you get to the kind of winter spot. But at the moment, we're still in the round of eight. It's It'll get interesting as it picks up, but two two really good matchups tomorrow uh, that I definitely recommend tuning in for. As, oh, we're not, uh, we are in the round of 16. So we're in the round of 16 still. Some interesting matchups, but that first weekend of January is where it really starts picking up. Uh, but yeah, so you can watch a Napoli game or an Inter game this week as you kind of finish out your work week before the holiday season. So that's my predictions for the Copa. So we're going to have Napoli and Inter going through to the better teams in the league. But let's get into the Christmas weekend match week. Uh, so this match week will be the 23rd, the 24th, and 25th. First game on the docket, Fiorentina and Monza. Uh, that we're going to be paying attention to. I have Fiorentina going over Monza 2-1. to one. Scrappy effort by Monza, but Fiorentina, Vincenzo Ball will find a way, and they will persevere and win 2-1 in this one. AC Milan plays bottom of the table, Salernitania. I have AC Milan winning 4-0. I think this is just going to be gangbusters by AC Milan. I think they're so good, and I'm so excited to see what they're able to do here. Um, you know, bet on a big offensive performance. I say this is my lock of the week. Of the week. Uh, not gambling advice, but I, I do really like AC Milan in this one. Uh, Frosinone plays at home to Juventus. I think Juventus are going to tail off a little bit here. I have them going 2-2 to Frosinone. I was just singing Frosinone's praises. It depends. Uh, Frosinone have a couple of loanies that are signature in their squad, in Kai Jorge and, um, and Sule on their team that are both loanies from Juventus, uh, two great South American players. Uh, one is... Uh, Jorge, I believe, is Brazilian, and then Sule is uh, Argentine. 
and they've been absolutely wonderful this year. But if Juventus banned them from playing in the loan agreement, uh, this could be 3-0 Juventus. But two of their top attackers for Frazanone. I think they'll put in a good effort, and I'm going to go with 2-2 here. Bologna and Atalanta, one of the best games of the weekend. Uh, not our spotlight game with our combined 11. But, you know, this one will be really good. Uh, I have Atalanta 3, Bologna 2. I think Atalanta plays spoiler and jumps into the top four here. I'm a big fan of this Atalanta group. I like this Bologna team, but Bologna has to play twice this week with the Copa Italia. So I have them going down. Um, or I have them, you know, losing this one. Uh, in probably a shootout. I recommend watching this game uh, to anyone at home. Inter plays Lecce next. I have this one going 1-1. One, one. Um, Inter's due for a draw. I think Lecce can sneak up on them and get one with their very strong defense. And I think this will kind of flatten the top of the table a little bit as I have both teams drawing. I know that's unlikely, but, uh, you know, something I look forward to. Uh, I think that I think that either of those teams, or Lecce and Frozenone, can play spoiler, which is kind of why I, I, I spotlighted them a couple of minutes ago. Final game of the weekend, Napoli-Roma. Uh, I have this one as of the moment. I have it Napoli 2, Roma 1. We'll discuss in a little bit the Roma problem. Uh, if Roma wins this one, I'm over the moon, but they've had such poor form against the top six that I'm, I'm really disappointed. But next up, we'll do a Roma-Napoli combined 11 before we get to our Roma recap, and then we'll move on from there. Um, in net, I'm going with Merritt from Napoli. Uh, Rui Patricio has been the worst goalie in the league this year. I think this one's a no-brainer. Formation, I'm going with a 4-2-4, so four at the back, two in the midfield, four going forward. Uh, more of the, the shape would be more of four at the back, two in the midfield, two underneath, so two central attacking midfielders, and then two strikers. Uh, so that, that would be how it works, uh, how it looks. You could kind of visualize it from FIFA, but uh, yeah. Four, two, defending them tightly, and then two on top of them before the two strikers. Uh, but next up, you know, at right back, I got Mario or Mario Rui. I think he's very good. He was a key performer in their champions uh, or kind of championship run for Napoli last season. So that's two Napoli players on the board. Next up, I'll take two back for Roma, though. I'm not impressed by either of uh, Napoli center backs. Uh, right now, they're running out Juan Jesus, who I remember at Roma as being a pretty disliked center back, um, not not a great player. But uh, I'm going with Indica and Mancini here, two of the best in the league at this year. Uh, Mancini is one of my favorite players, so I'm going to give it to those two. Left back, another one of my favorites, as you've been following the podcast this year, is Di Lorenzo. So Di Lorenzo's still in pretty good form. He's, he's stepping back a little bit. Uh, the past couple of games, you know, well, he's been having to defend a lot, which he is a, you know, more of an attacking fullback. So, you know, he's had to play a lot more defense and that's not a strong suit. But, you know, we go, he's, he's one of the best players in the league. I'm not, I, I've sung this guy's praises enough. And if you've listened in the past, you'll know just great passer of the ball, wonderful player, really big fan of D. Lorenzo. In the midfield, kind of contentious here. I went with Laboca and Crisante in this defensive look. Uh, Laboca representing Napoli, Crisante representing Roma. You know, I'm a big fan of both of their games. I've I've given Laboca his flowers in the past, one of the best midfielders in the league. Crisante, very strong play. I'm I'm a big fan of his game as well. He's a he's a defensive stopper, and he makes sure nothing really happens. So those are going to be my defensive midfielders. Uh, on, on top of those guys, I have Kovacelia and Dybala playing center attack and midfielders roles. Two of my favorite players in the league. Uh, Dybala is doubtful for this week's game, but he's had injury issues all year. I'll get into it in the Roma recap, but Kivashelia is finally finding form again, and uh, that makes me really happy because he's one of my favorite players in the world. 
very big fan of Kiva Shelley's game, and he's scored in the past two. I would, you know, feel good about thinking about him scoring goal this weekend, uh, even though Romo do play with good structure. Uh, strikers, easy choices. Romelu Lukaku on the left, Oshiman on the right. Two of the best in the league. Lukaku's been on wonderful form this season. Him and Dybala, when they play together, Lukaku's going to score or get an assist. And then Oshiman, ever since coming back, he's been absolutely wonderful. So, you know, big fan of the strike force. Happy with them. I think this 11 would probably win the league. Uh, Roma should buy some of Napoli's players. Napoli should not buy any of Roma's good players. But that's that's where I land. Uh, that combined 11 could probably get 10 with Inter at the top of the league. But they are two separate clubs. And that's going to be the last game of the weekend on Christmas Eve. Very excited for that one. Next up, finally, the Roma recap. Roma roundup, rather. Uh, you know, the vibe is bad right now. Since we've last recorded, they've went 1-1-1. One, one, and one. Um, it's complicated, my feelings towards Roma at the moment. I know Jake's a lot more positive, but this squad has been unable to beat anyone near the top of the table. If you have an all-time manager, you should really be capitalizing on these on these guys in their prime. This is the most expensive Roma squad we've had in a long time. And the goal for this year is top top four bust, right? So everyone knew this going into the year. Roma had to make the top four. Financially, they're going to be in big trouble. Big, big trouble, as Mourinho would say. Uh, they were able to beat Sassuolo. Sassuolo, you know, 15th place in the league this year. I like a lot of their players. I like Domenico Berardi. Uh, me and Jacob both previously talked about liking Lothar and Pino Monti. But this squad isn't great. Like, you should be able to beat this pretty easily. Roma left it late, as they always did. Dybala got a pen in the 76th minute, as there was a red card on Sassuolo. And then Christensen scored a beautiful goal in the 82nd. Uh, he's been very bad this year. But this goal led to further mistakes as he was put in the squad the next couple of weeks over Karsdorp as they compounded themselves. Um, next up was the Fiorentina game. Very frustrating match. Uh, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of Fiorentina. I've talked about the pod many times. It was a 1-1 draw. But overall, you know, Roma did not deserve a win in this one. They scored very early on and then sat on their heels for the rest of the game. They didn't control play. Fiorentina dominated possession. They were trying to win, you know, typical Mourinho style, but they were getting crushed unexpected goals. Uh, Dybala set up a Lukaku goal early in the game, but in the 25th minute, Dybala pulled up with an injury, as he always does, because he's always injured. It's the most frustrating thing in the world when your favorite player just can't stay healthy. Um, it's it's been really frustrating. I'm happy for Dybala. He's a great player. I hope he's able to return soon, but it's, it's just getting frustrating to see this team that relies on him so much not able to have him out there. Lukaku got a goal, but he also got sent off with a red card. Uh, Zaleski also got a red card. These decisions were both harsh by the ref. Uh, no one was happy with them straight reds, so they're banned for three games. The reds are under appeal. We'll see where that goes. So this is why I don't feel good about Roma right now. Uh, you know, they could play a lot better. They've just had a lot of weird situations lately. Uh, Mourinho's not using the full sub bench, which is getting frustrating. He's putting guys on, and we'll, we'll talk about this in a second with the Bologna game. He's putting guys on and then pulling them off. He's he's being a little erratic with his subs. And as we approach this third year of Jose Mourinho, this is kind of our biggest fear, right, that uh, that the team's going to start spiraling. Uh, but, yeah, starting um, with the Bologna game next, you know, this was the B team. We had Bologna up top and we had El Shah up top. So we did this once earlier in the season. It worked out pretty poorly. We had to deal with it again with Lukaku out, Dybala out. And it was an erratic game. Bologna controlled the pace. We didn't have our best 11 out there. 
you know, we didn't control possession. We did get expected goals late. We did have a really good opportunity late in the game by Asmund, but he was able to convert. And I think that was with 82 minutes left. He had a really good shot on goal, but Bologna controlled most of the game. All their team was absolutely awesome. Our team seemed like we were outclassed. The midfield didn't put in a good shift. Uh, Christensen was bad. He scored an own goal. I don't want to see this guy play for the club again. I'd rather just terminate the loan. Uh, speaking of loan termination, Renato Sanchez made his return to the squad, subbed on in halftime, left the game after 20 minutes. Absolutely pathetic. Um, Mourinho pulled him outside after the game, talked to him, and uh, apparently there's some bad blood there, but Mourinho apologized publicly to Sanchez for putting him in that position. But if this guy's going to stink, we just can't play him. Um, you know, there was a good moment in the past couple of games where Nicolo Pazzilli scored a goal, the third goal against Sharif in the Europa League. We moved on in the Europa League. I, I always said we were going to, so it's not that big of a win for me. But, you know, it's it's fine. I mean, like, Pazzilli got a really nice goal in the Europa League. Young player, 18-year-old, Mourinho was able to celebrate with him, and everyone was holding back tears as he's a, he's a young boy within the Roman Istri Academy. But yeah, the the team stinks right now. I like I I don't know how they're gonna pull through this. Dybal is doubtful for the next game. Uh, Lukaku is still suspended, I believe. I don't feel good about going out to Napoli and winning. And then we play Juventus in the Coppa Italia, which I don't feel good about either. So, or actually, we play Juventus in Serie A. Nice, that's great. Um, so no best eleven, no kind of grades this week. We'll see. Oh, actually, Lukaku's suspension is appealed, so he might be able to beat Napoli on his own. Uh, nice. But yeah, it's it's just really frustrating how they've been playing because when Lukaku's there, they're forcing everything to him. He has to do everything. The midfield isn't really moving the ball well. It's It's been very frustrating this season with Roma. And if Mourinho loses the next two to Napoli and Juventus, I could see a seeking pretty hot here um, as Roma really needs to make top four this year or bust. So Mourinho has been transformational for this club. He's been absolutely awesome as a manager. But there might be an expiration day coming because I can't see them winning it or they haven't won a game against the top seven this year. I'll leave it at that. They've, they played half a season. They were not able to win a game and they barely got any points off the top seven. I think the only positive result they had was against Fiorentina where it was one, one, they have two more chances to write that wrong as they go up against Napoli and Juventus in the next two, but it's just really bad times. I know Jake's a little more positive and he'll off send me next episode, but uh, that's that's pretty much it for the pod. Uh, just some programming updates. You can expect us back next week. Me and Jake on the same episode, back together, uh, back at it like a bad habit. Excited for that one. Um, right now, I've been reading Calcio by John Foote. It's a really good book on the history of the league. I just wanted to plug that quick. Uh, I'm about halfway through the book. It's taking kind of a trip with the league from the early beginnings to the political ties to in Italy and also how you could think like a, you know, a fan of Syria, a fan of Calcio. And uh, it's a pretty comprehensive 350 page book. I really am, am enjoying reading it. I'm trying to do like 10, 50 pages a night. Uh, but the stories in the book are great. You know, refs being chased down by entire towns with, uh, torches and pitchforks some just like amazing stories you would never know uh or you know refs like banning teams from the league uh just some really interesting corruption stuff in the league but you know it's it's fun um we'll get back to you guys in a week you can follow jake on twitter at prime jake you can follow myself on twitter at ramar you can follow the pod on twitter at Kelgio's back podcast please give us five stars show us support if you can we really appreciate you guys making this far with us um and we will talk to you soon thanks guys bye